you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dolson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling or couples therapy. So I'm coming on right now to add a quick disclaimer to this podcast. I recorded this episode before Love is Blind season three finished airing. I have hummed and hawed about whether or not to even post this episode or take it down. Um, And I still think there are some good messages for what went right in Love is Blind season three. And so I'm going to keep this up. Um, But I just want to also state, like, I don't condone uh, behaviors that are also going on in Love is Blind season three. I'm not trying to say I support or that any of those things are okay. Nevertheless, this episode just looks at a few moments of things that went right. And I recognize there are lots of things that didn't, but like I say already, you can use your own eyes to pick out the things that you think weren't so helpful and what went wrong. There are plenty of examples and these are just moments of things that went right. Six examples of things that were like either good advice or went right. And love is blind season three. Six things the love is blind cast members did that are helpful in relationships. I have been obsessed with love is blind. Reality TV is my jam. I work with couples because I love love and this show tugs at every single one of my heartstrings. Now, there is all sorts of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show and you want to watch it, don't listen. Uh, I'm not going into who gets married and who doesn't, but certainly which couples get together after the pods. If you've watched the show, you know it is so easy to point out what they have done wrong. So you don't need a couples therapist to watch and figure out what their bad moves are. So you can just watch and figure out what their bad moves are. But if you're struggling to understand some of the moments, just go on Instagram, look at some memes. They really highlight what people could have done differently. Here are six things they got right. Now, one of my favorite scenes, because it really highlights trust, is the scene of Raven and Bartiste talking in the pool. Of course, there has to be some sort of like love triangle-ish thing in the show or it wouldn't be good TV. Now, if you haven't watched, Raven and Bartiste go on a number of dates. They're both into fitness and he eventually tells Raven he's more interested in someone else. But is it true still when the love is no longer blind? Once he sees her, he realizes her body is fire and decides to tell her about it in the pool. She initially takes a compliment from him, but as she continues, instead of engaging in the flattery and flirting back, she talks about her connection with SK and how pleased she is with her choice. So this matters for trust, because if we think about how trust is built, trust is made up of honesty, transparency, ethical actions, proof of alliance, and accountability. At least that's what I've learned from my work from the Gottmans. 
So in this cool scene, she is showing both ethical actions and proof of alliance. She's saying, hey, I'm with SK, that proof of alliance. He is my team with or without me physically, with or without him physically at her side. She's demonstrating, she's with him. Ethical actions. Here's another thing. So an ethical action is, you know, what are your morals, beliefs, values, and do you, does your partner have them in a way that matches your own? And many people who are monogamous would want their partner who are out to say like, hey, yeah, my partner's over there. Like, that's my partner. I'm glad I picked the right person. And she demonstrates acting in a way that is likely ethical for people who have signed up for monogamy. So Raven has taken some really trustworthy actions and shown she's on Team SK. So we want to applaud her uh, for doing the things that need to be done to build trust in a partnership. Also, in a pool, but a different pool at a different time, it appears Brennan and Alexa are in their plunge pool. They're having a conversation about going home, meeting their families. She says, going home is just like being around her family. And he digs a little deeper. What he does is he asks her an open-ended question. He says, what is something about home you might be nervous about? He asks her a question to open up her heart. And then when she answers, he demonstrates he's got it by validating and summarizing and even adding a little to what she is saying. So building love, one of the foundations for emotional intimacy, building love is what is called building a love map. What a love map is, is a deep knowledge of your partner's inner world. We develop a love map by asking questions and remembering the answers. This shows you care. And Brennan does a great job of asking more questions, showing his engagement, demonstrating that he cares about her. And we see that all through the show. Next, my next thing, the third thing that has gone right on Love is Blind is when Nat, Nancy and Bartise are checking out their new apartment for the first time, they do a tour and then flop down on the bed. Nancy flops far away from Bartise and he asks her why she is so far away. She says, sorry, scoots over to him and they cuddle, share a smooch. This is an example of Nancy noticing and turning towards Bartise's bid for connection. A bid for connection is anything your partner does to get your attention, affection, connection. You can do three things in response to a bid. You can turn towards it like Nancy did, respond and scooch over to him. You can turn away. So this is like ignoring it or changing the topic. She could have pretended she didn't hear him. Or she could turn against, criticizing, being of contempt or defending she could say well why are you so far away or i'm not far away what's wrong with you why are you being so needy that would be turning against so in building their connection one of the other pillars of a foundation of emotional intimacy is turning towards and she does that there and she scooches over to him vanessa lachey also talks about bids for connection and gives the contestants or cast members or lovebirds whatever we might call them some great advice after their honeymoon before they head out into the real world with their new fiance. They're all sitting at the resort, I think, and she cracks a joke about when they give them their phones back. And when you have your phone to still look up at your partner when they're talking. So she's right. And again, what she's reminding these lovebirds to do is to turn towards their partner's bids for connection. If you're talking to your partner, they're on their phone and you don't look up when you're on your phone, what you're doing is you're turning away. You haven't done anything malicious, you haven't turned against, but it's still a withdrawal from your relationship bank account. And when you put down that phone, you pop your head up and you engage with your partner. This is a deposit in the relationship bank account. This is a turning towards your partner. So good, good piece of advice there. 
when your partner is talking to you, look at them, even if you're on your phone. Even if it's to say, hey, I need a second. Let me finish this message. That'll give you my full attention. All right, back to the honeymoon. After the pool day, we see Colleen and Matt have a huge blowout fight. He goes as far to say he's done. He starts asking the cameraman, I think, or someone's talking to someone that's on the other side of the screen, um, what they would do in a similar situation. We see clips of them fighting all around their room. The next day, they report they were able to work it out. They were better, better able to have good communication in the morning. So here is what they did. They went to bed angry. We have the popular wisdom that says, don't go to bed angry. But sometimes going to bed angry really helps. Likely these two were flooded. And what flooding is, it's a physiological state that happens in our bodies. It is when our body goes into fight, flight, or freeze. Usually our heart rate is exceeded 100 beats per minute. And when this happens, we can't hear logic. We can't hear reason. We don't hear another point of view. We have tunnel vision on the thing we are upset about. We're more likely to engage in criticism, contempt, stonewalling, or defensiveness. And so by going to sleep, what they did is they took a break, allowing their nervous systems to calm down, their heart rates to cool. And the next day when their bodies were more regulated, they were able to communicate. So taking a break, going to bed angry, helps restore your nervous system and increases the chances you can communicate in many cases. You don't have to, take a, you don't have to go to bed, but you could just take a break. So that is one thing they did right. All right, the sixth thing that happened that was right and good and helpful in relationships is this. So the cast has to take their fiance, or we saw maybe not all of them, but many of the cast members go to their fiance's home for the first time after the honeymoon. Now it was clear on the honeymoon and maybe even in the pods that Zanab and Cole have some differences in how they keep their homes. I think Cole mentioned in the pods that maybe he didn't have all of his furniture. We certainly see when they get into their new place that he's stoked about the luxurious carpet. And Zanab, you know, she knows where she wants her towels to go. They have some differences in how they keep their homes. I think I read or maybe watched that Cole said the power was out when he was getting ready to get on the show. So, you know, he, he didn't leave his place in the best shape. When they enter Cole's place, you know, he's got his hands covering her eyes and he's trying to find a good place for her to look that maybe was a little more tidy. He like maybe kind of found one. Anyway, when she does look, you know, it's pretty clear. They have differences in their standards for housekeeping. And after getting a tour of Cole's place, eventually they have a scene of Zanab just sitting in his place and talking about what she's seen. And this is what she says. She says, this is not what our home would be like, but that's the man I love you guys. So I guess I just have to deal. She's right. All partners come with problems. Choosing a partner is choosing your problems. You're gonna be different. So it's, it's fairly common in couples therapy. I see this all the time. Couples having different standards in house cleaning. Now, it's nice if you can just have acceptance, just straight acceptance for who your partner is, acceptance and all, but sometimes it's just tolerance. Sometimes we just need to tolerate the things about our partner we cannot change, and that's going to help us have a better relationship. It doesn't mean that you can't ask for change in some things and voice your concerns. Of course, you can do that, but some things in our partnership we need to just accept or tolerate because choosing that partner means choosing problems. All right, those are my six relationship education moments on Love is Blind about what went right, what they did well, that is relationship promoting behavior. I can't wait to see next week at the point of this recording. We haven't got to all of the weddings and I'm waiting on the reunion. So I just can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait 
for the next season of Love is Blind so I can give you more tips, real life examples that you can go all watch and say, oh yeah, that was helpful or here, that was, that was useful. Now, in all of these examples, there was a bit, there was a piece that probably wasn't great and you can probably figure out what some of those were, but you know, these are real, real people. They're getting a lot of flack on the internet. They're getting famous over overnight, basically. And I just want to say like, look, even in some of these situations that weren't good, some of these people are doing things that are right. And so what can we build on in our relationships and what can we look at in our relationships that are going right too? And how can we build on the positive? Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.